Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Thanks for tuning in and turning us on. I'm Susan Dolce, and again, I have the honor and privilege of filling in for Dr. Pat today. And uh, I know it's not confidential, so I'm going to say, hey, can everybody send Dr. Pat good vibes because she is having her knee replacement surgery today, I believe. I think it's today. So let's send her all sorts of light and love. So today we are talking about the science of friendship. And as the saying goes, you know, friends are the family that you can choose Uh, But we know how important friends are in our lives, and we've especially learned that this year during the pandemic, during lockdown, being isolated from our friends and family. But there's a lot more writing on the quantity and the quality of our friendships that we may not realize that really affect both our mental and our physical health. And so who better to discuss friendship with than my dear friend and colleague, Leon Dyer. Leon wears many hats. She is an empowerment coach, ka-ching, former educator, ka-ching, special Olympics coach, and an overall pretty awesome friend. So I've got good company here to talk about friendship. Hey, Leo, and welcome to the show. Hello, Susan. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. I know. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Um, So since we're friends and we're talking about friendship, we, I think it'd be fun to share how we met and then we can get into all of the other um, uh, details of why friends are so important. But um, yeah, we met, start, we were both in a coaching program together. So what, this was, was this four or five years ago? Oh, it was in 2017. So I'm glad you, I'm glad that uh, you um, remember the years because I'd be like, ah, um, But yeah, so we were in the coaching program together and we were placed in a small group. So like, you know, like every once a month we had to meet is with like three or four people. And um, so we, you know, we kind of had a little understanding of like, you know, Leon's a country girl, Leon, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yes. I live in the country. (laughs) On a farm, grew up on a farm. Yes. In Maine, Western Maine in the mountains. And yeah, that's where I am now. And I grew up in a city, (laughs) Chicago girl, city girl through and through, Um, know everything about street smarts and pavement and things like that. So we didn't really get to know each other really well until we were on a plane for, gosh, what, four hours together flying to um, LA for the retreat. And, um, you know, it's one of those where we kind of like, as we already kind of knew each other a little bit, um, but when you have to, when you get on that plane seat and you sit down and you're like, you know, I hope this is going to work. We're either going to hit it off or <laughs> we're just going to be reading our books. And well, we actually, actually, um, we met each other at the airport. Mm-hmm. So we, it was our connecting and I had a different seat. I, I had did. An, I don't I, remember that. I did. I had an, I, I didn't know what your seat number was. We didn't exchange that information because that's a little, you know. Right, right. We weren't quite friends yet. I mean, we were friends, but yeah. And so I switched with the person in the middle seat. So I ended up getting a middle seat, which I'm just like, it's out of my comfort zone. But I, <laughs> but I knew as we were standing there talking, like, okay, I want to sit next to her for this flight. So Aww. yeah. Thank Aww. you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but we really, we, I mean, we had some deep conversations in the, in the, that even those first four hours and um, yeah, and we've been fast friends ever since, regardless of, you know, city girl, country girl. So we've kind of got that, that going on. Um, but, you know, we were, I mentioned COVID um, and how so many relationships have been impacted uh, and how loneliness has really 
kind of found its crept its way into, you know, the corners of everybody's life. And um, part of the reason we decided to talk about this today is, well, it was, it was Leon's idea. So thank you, Leon. But it was how our friendship really sustained us when we were, you know, in isolation with our families. Our kids are about the same ages. You have a son and a daughter. I have three daughters. Um, and my kids were all back with me. You had a kid come back with you. Yeah. So, so it wasn't just, it wasn't just, uh, you know, um, isolation as empty nesters. It wasn't just me and my husband. It wasn't just you and Dan. Now we had to deal with our adult children. I deal with sounds kind of, sounds kind of harsh. No, but- it was. Let's just be honest. I mean, you know, kinda, <laughs> I mean, it's, um, and yeah, it, if you are empty nesters and your adult children come home, it's completely different than when you're 20-something children come home who are college age. There's mm-hmm. still that little bit of parental guidance. Adult children, that's another whole category that I didn't buy the book on how to raise your adult <laughs> children. You Is know, there one? Because if, there, if there's one, I want to buy it. I think I Well, someone needs to write it because, <laughs> um, yeah. And I realized I couldn't dump my insecurities onto my daughter because she was going through so much. I mean, she lost her job, she lost her apartment, she lost her friends. She was living in New York City and my husband literally moved her in the middle of the night to get her back home mm-hmm. last March. So all of my, and it wasn't all frustration, there was a lot of joy that happened with her being home. Mm-hmm. But Susan and I walked through this together literally since last March is that when we started doing our, our, our yeah. Study? <laughs> yeah, I could probably pull up the email because I still go to the same link every time yeah. we, uh, so, um, we get together every Friday, um, at four o'clock and it's our happy hour. <laughs> Sometimes Leon doesn't have a cocktail. I think I always have a cocktail, but, um, and it, it's our, she, and Leon, the reason I was laughing is because in my, uh, the email says serenity call. And I, and I always refer to her as like yeah. happy hour with Leon, but yeah. yeah, it was, it was our, it was a serenity call. It was a check-in mm-hmm. for both of us just to have a safe <clears throat> judgment-free place to. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just that our kids or our children had moved back home and interrupted mm-hmm. the, you know, the flow that we had with our husbands. I was also stuck home with my husband. Like, because nothing was open. I yeah. couldn't, you know, like we weren't going to the gym. I couldn't go, you know, shopping was crazy. So forget that. Mm-hmm. It just, all of a sudden we were home. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> and Dan travels yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, he did. Well, yes. So yeah, so it was yeah. like, you know, it's, and it's, so it's not just now you're occupying the same space, but now you're like all your time um, is together. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a friend once who was uh, married to a merchant Marine. And so that was the best marriage. It was her third marriage because he was gone for six months and, or maybe three months and she would um, miss him, miss him, miss him. He would come home and she'd be like, yay, the first month. Okay. We're getting into it. The second month, third month. All right. Ready to go again. And it was that rotation and it was just the perfect marriage. I get it now. <laughs> you know, somewhere <laughs> around June, I'm like, when are you leaving? But yeah, so this definitely, our friendship um, blossomed and was my anchor during COVID. Well, and the, the other thing that I think is really funny about that is like, so now um, if something comes up, like we were going to be traveling on a Friday, uh, my husband and I were, <laughs> and so, and, and, or the same thing with Leon's husband, it's like, wait, wait a minute, like, you're not going to have your call. Like they will jump through hoops so that we get our time together <laughs> because yeah. when we, after we're done and it's not, it's not about the cocktail. It's about just having that time to share and hang out and, and that we just come out happier and like happy to be with them and yeah. see them. And yeah, they will go to great lengths to facilitate that call. Mm-hmm. For us. <laughs> yeah. And there is reason for that. And I'll, when we come back, like we're going to 
go on a break soon. But when we come back, I'll like dive into the boring science of friendship that I, but there's an actual reason why we feel that way. Well, since you segued us right into that, <laughs> why don't we go ahead and take that break now? You're listening to, to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm Susan Dolce, and I'm talking with Leon Dyer today about friendship, and we will be right back. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie Show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. The Finder of Lost Things, exploring your superpowers of trust, healing, and transformation with me, Hannah Belton. When my brother Christian went missing, I completely denied my grief. We can either transform and transition, or we can stay stagnant. This podcast will uncover the process that Christian and I went on to find the lost things, him, and to find the parts of me that were missing. And there's things that are missing in you that prevent you from letting go, whether it's a person, a dream, a lifestyle. That process of trusting and finding the lost pieces and, and integrating them, that's where you get your sustainable transition that will carry on. Tune in every Monday at 9am Pacific on transformationtalkradio.com. You can find me at hannahvelton.online. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Hi, I'm Laura Goldstein, and here's a Coffee with the Universe tip. It's no secret that anxiety and overwhelm are on the rise. While the tendency is to suppress these feelings, anxiety is really a messenger that's telling you something is off, very off. You might be shooting yourself and living a life based on someone else's expectations. Maybe you have trouble saying no, or maybe you're following the fearful voice in your head that demands you do more, be more in order to feel worthy. So see where you can make a few adjustments in what you're doing to get rid of the overwhelm and create more peace inside instead. To get more tips like this, tune into my transformation talk radio show called Coffee with the Universe. It's a live call-in show. I'd love to chat with you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm Susan Dolce, and I am filling in for Dr. Pat today, and I am talking with my dear friend and colleague, Leon Dyer, and we're talking about the science of friendship. Um, and uh, we were talking about how uh, how desperately, I can say that, we needed each other during, during the pandemic and how our friendship really um, was... Uh, uh, it was a safe container, a safe space for us to just vent and and um, and chat. And but, Leon, you have done some more research on the science of friendship, and um, there's some interesting data on how our friendship, or not our friendship, friendships, uh, have uh, correlate to the primates, the monkey yeah. world, the monkey world. So I read this article in Scientific American. It was written by Lydia um, Denworth. And it is with a little help from our friends. And it's the biological blessing of friendship. And they studied um, chimpanzees for over a 20 year period. And they noticed that chimpanzees kind of had the same group of friends. Um, you would have your mate, your children, and your, what it, a group of chimpanzees are called? Your, yeah, your, I don't have. Yeah, that you're one. you're grouping. You're <laughs> yeah. grouping. You would have your grouping, 
But then chimpanzees, both male and female, had kind of their their besties. I mean, it was really? one or two chimpanzees that they would gravitate towards. And these were the chimpanzees that would pick the bugs off you. So you may, may or you may do it to your children, the, the chimpanzees. But it was really the your best friend that you would allow that to, that would be the person who would groom you. It's really and, intimate. And this <laughs> is probably why if you ladies, I'll jump in here, a, a large group of 30, uh, 30 or more up to 150 are called communities. Oh, community, so, a community. Oh, thank you. Sense. The chimpanzee yeah. community. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> he was over there Googling that. Like, oh, you know, no, I, I was, I totally was. <laughs> well, because what, you know, like some, they've got weird names for like groups of animals. Like, would it be a herd? Would it, it's not a gaggle of monkeys. So thanks. I appreciate it. So it's a community, just like a we, community we live of, in communities. Okay. Right. So the community of um, chimpanzees, while you have your larger group, and then you would have kind of your more um, family-ish group, you also, chimpanzees, have um, best friends. And both male and female, more female than male. So while they were researching this, they realized that when they, especially during like grooming or when they would just be sitting with one another, they would release um, high levels of um, oxytocin. So I found this interesting because I remember being, if you're a mom, mm -hmm. so 25 years ago, um, oxytocin is... Um, the chemical that is released during childbirth. And that is what like, we're getting yeah. way into it now, but yeah. that is what like allows the uterus to um, open. Mm -hmm. And it also, after you have the child, it's also is released during the nursing mm -hmm. process. Yeah. So, but yet they were not, this was not a mother daughter relationship. This was a friend friend relationship. And so they started like then moving this data to humans. Okay. So humans, when they have a good bond, a good friendship, they too release oxytocin. oxytocin. So oxytocin has been named the, um, I think it's called the love, the love drug or the love hormone or, you know, because it's involved, um, because when you have a mate, it, your oxytocin goes up a little. Like when you, you know, like when you first have that, like, oh, he might be the one, or that, you know, you know, yeah. you get a little, you know. And then after you get married, you're like, yeah, okay, now I need a best friend. <laughs> but we need that oxytocin. The oxytocin actually helps us feel better. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people who are depressed and going through anxiety, they're not releasing that chemical. Well, and uh, yeah, okay, so let's put that in into uh, consideration with, you know, when we weren't allowed to hug exactly. each other, you know, exactly. for like yes. for years now. And now I'm kind of curious. It's like, you know, with um, we're huggers in my family and with our really good friends, we're huggers. And, you know, there's time, been times where like we've gotten together as a group, like outside or whatever, and we're like, ah, you know. Mm. Air hug. The elbow, and do the elbow. Yeah, or it just feels so weird to mm -hmm. not be able to, to and, and so I, I hope I hope the hug has not died um, in uh, because of this pandemic. And you told me the other day uh, that your daughter conveyed to you that every person is supposed to have eight hugs a day. And then Benny made such a good correlation that you're supposed to have eight glasses of water a day. So drink your water and hug each other. So that's basically. <laughs> or hug yourself after you drink the water. You're like, good for you. Yeah. Oh, good yeah. for you, oh. Benny. Good for you. Our oxytocin is going up as we right. speak. Yeah. yeah. But I, but no, I'm, I mean, I'm curious about that. Like um, there's a, a comedian I follow on uh, Facebook. She's hysterical. So she's kind of, she's does this morning show now from her kitchen every day and her, her, uh, mom is really super close with her kids. Um, and they, they had all quarantined so they could all meet down at the shore. Uh, and they had all taken COVID tests so that grandma and grandpa, grandma and grandpa, and all the kids, the whole family could be together. And when they got there, grandma was uncomfortable. Like she kind of had to warm up to the idea of being hugged again. 
Hmm. I know, right? And, you know, I, I'm sorry, I always bring this up, but that's the one thing. So if you follow my show, uh, I have a show on the network called Three Things I've Learned. My mom passed away in November. And the one thing, I was supposed to go see her the, the next day. So the day she died, um, she died like hours before I was supposed to go see her. And it, I'd finally gotten clearance to go see her. And the one thing I couldn't wait to do was give her a hug. Cause we hadn't, we hadn't had any physical contact for nine months. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's something about hugging and oxytocin. And like, we were joking around in the break. I, I called it friend juice, <laughs> but we need that, you know? Well, and that, and speaking of your mom, that is watching my parents. My parents are very social people. And they're in their late 70s, early 80s. And during COVID, they haven't been able to communicate or be with their little groups of friends yeah. that they would hang out with on a regular basis. And they have each other and they live in an extended family. So they have that. But there is realizing like, so last Friday or two Friday, I don't remember, a Friday during our call, I kind of had a little meltdown and the next day I was very thankful and I went through a gratitude release that I was able to have that um, spew um, with Susan so, and Susan held the space and there was no judgment and I felt no judgment and I was just so grateful for that and and I realized that my parents don't have that. My mm -hmm. mother isn't able to sit with her friends around coffee like she used to, or my father, you know, in the country, you sit on the back of your truck, tailgate. Tailgate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, and they don't have that. And my dad's an outdoor person, so they would be out in the woods doing things. They, and how sad, and that their friendship, because of COVID, their friendship community has been separated. Yeah. And I've seen them become depressed because of it. I've seen their lack of energy because of it. Your mom mm -hmm. and my mother-in-law both were in homes where they did not have that contact, that friendship contact. Well, and that's what was so, <clears throat> I mean, I think so many people that have loved ones in um, long-term care, nursing home facilities or whatever, you know, every, they, in a lot of ways, they tried to do their best to find ways for us to connect with them, but they weren't even connecting within their community. Mm -hmm. Like my mom had to eat alone in her room pretty much from the end of March till the day that she passed. Part of the reason she was so excited to move to this community was because it has such a vibrant social community, so many activities. You know, she was very excited. We'd moved her from Cincinnati where we were living up here to Michigan. And um, she was going to be close to me. We could go, we could, I could take her out. There was this, this community had so much more going on than the place that she was living in. And she wanted, you know, she loved that social life. Um, and I, I know I've said to you, I think in some ways, I, I think she died of a broken heart. You know, I know that wasn't the real, what actually, you know, took her life, but I think she was just desperately lonely and, and that, you know, especially even for that physical contact. Cause she, when, when we get off the phone or, you know, we would FaceTime and she'd be like, air hugs, honey, air hugs. Aww. And, you know, someday we'll get to hug again. And I'd be like, yeah, someday we'll get to hug again. Mm -hmm. So. And, and we are wired to um, have friends mm -hmm. from, from beginning all the way through all the stages of our life, including elderly, our mm -hmm. elderly life. And, and I think it's more vital at that point to have that connection. And um, unfortunately, because of COVID, we lost it. I think, and we've talked about this, how we grew up and how we are, how our children grew up or mm -hmm. places that we've lived where that connection of friendship was lost. And yeah, I was going to say, that's another good place to, to uh, segue into a break, because when we come back, I want to talk about um, making friends in your forties and fifties. Like if you move to a new community. Um, yeah. 
that was, that was, those were some dark years for me. <laughs> so we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Dr. Pat show and we'll be right back. Hi everyone. I'm the host of nothing but now mindful living with Dr. Mary Angela McGuire on transformation talk radio. I share ideas, insights, and tools you can use to release yourself from fearful and negative thinking and live from a place of clarity and confidence. Please join me in each show where we challenge ourselves to change together. Please go to my website, mcguirelifecoach.com. That's mcguirelifecoach.com. See you next time. Hi, I'm Trish Laub from A Cup of Comfort, where we talk about care hero topics that nobody wants to talk about. Here's your care hero tip of the day. During all care hero journeys, the need to keep track of a lot of information arises, some of it critical. Possibly the greatest challenge care heroes face is the gathering and organizing of information. Just as every trade has a power tool, whether an electric drill or a laptop, my family's care hero power tool was the three ring binder. We generated a mini library of labeled three ring binders, one for each category of information, complemented with additional spiral notebooks used to detail medical appointments and episodes. This unfussy and convenient system of binders helped my family stay organized and able to deliver the dignified care and end of life my parents desired. Tune into my show to learn more. See you on the second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 12 Pacific here on Transformation Talk Radio. Feel free to reach out to me at info at The truth is funny. Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show, and I'm Susan Dolce, and I am filling in for Dr. Pat today. Always an honor and a privilege to be here. And I'm talking with my bestie, Leon Dyer. We're talking about the science of friendship. And um, before break, I said that when we come back, I really want to talk about um, like making friends in your 40s and 50s. Um, because so we lived in the northwest suburbs of Chicago for six ish years. And when Phil and I talk about those times, like our, you know, when our girls were little or whatever, we, we always refer to it as Camelot because it was just this amazing community of people. And, you know, I don't, in retrospect, I don't know if it was, if it was each individual person per se, but it was like this, uh, just set of values and, 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 and friendships that really everybody had everybody's back. Like if you, if you had a baby, you were going to get more food than you could probably feed your family with. I mean, everybody was there to like shuffle your kids around, bring you a meal, help you with an appointment. Um, and, you know, we met a lot of these people like coming up through preschool, you know, through our church community and, uh, and not everybody, went to the same schools and churches. Our very, our very, very, some of our very, very best couple friends were our neighbors. Um, and they never, our kids never attended the same schools. We didn't go to the same church or anything like that. But it, it was just this different sort of environment where everybody just had everybody's backs. So then <clears throat> um, fast forward to 2008 and we moved to um, Cincinnati, Ohio. And Cincinnati, no, no, 
no, nothing bad about Cincinnati, Ohio. It is an amazing town. Like it is super accessible. You want a great ballet, you want a football game, you want baseball, you want good dining. It's all there. It's a great, it's a great community. But um, I got there and I just assumed that I would do what I always did, you know, like I'll go, I'll join our local parish and I'll find, you know, some groups in there and make friends. And not only did those things not exist, like those church groups that I was familiar with, um, I was 45. I think I was 45. And so part of the other, other, my other realization was that by the time you're in your 40s and your 50s, everybody's kind of got their friend groups, right? Like it's, people are solid. And so it's, you know, so I'm not sure if it was the community being sort of insular or if it's just, you know, you don't have necessarily room in your life to take on another friend. Well, this is also, I mean, think about when you're young, when you're a child, like in daycare or whatever you see, and you want to connect with that other kid. You just want to, you want to play with their toy. So if you want to play with their toy, you either take it or you become their friend. Mm-hmm. And then as we you move take up, it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you're not their friend. Right. But, um, and you learn very quickly. But as we, and then you were kind of friends with everyone. Remember when you were in, you know, kindergarten, first grade, it was a birthday party and everyone was invited. And, and then as we start to become more independent and understand our likes and dislikes, our, our friendships kind of get more narrow. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of going through the same things. We're kind of going through the same middle school, which is horrible. Uh, across the board. Is, I don't think anybody has oh, a middle school experience. No. And then high school, high school is just, you know, <laughs> if you can make it through high school, you can make it through life. And you have a group of friends, but you have that one person or two or three that you just, you make it through with, you, mm-hmm. you rely on them. Same thing with your twenties, it's college. But then somehow we start becoming incredibly independent. We no longer have that one bond of school or um, the na- the old neighborhood, mm-hmm. or some, you know, that, that mm-hmm. bond. And we have to rely on ourselves. And that's when the triggers come in. Am I worthy to be their friends? Mm-hmm. Am I likable? What are, you know, if two friends walk away together, you don't have that trust built up. Like, why didn't they take me? Are they, you know, so I think our triggers in our thirties, forties, fifties, and maybe beyond, um, really hold us back from making friends. So when you're talking about, um, you know, uh, when you call, like, so I, I, I have this conversation with my youngest daughter quite often, who is a junior in college. So understand, but I always, I always say, you know, do you want to collect friends or do you want to be a friend? Like, what's more important to you? Do you want to have a whole bunch of people that you can go out and socialize with? Or do you want some, you know, quality friendships? But in one of the articles, this might be Lydia Denworth again, pardon me, she says that um, having a greater quantity of social interactions in one's 20s predicted better social connections and better mental health outcomes, um, less depression, anxiety, higher overall being in middle age, but the formula was different as participated, participants entered their 30s. At that point, it seems it was more beneficial to go to deep and to go deeper and cultivate higher quality friendships. So it's sort of like at the, you know, in that time in your life, in your 20s, I guess navigating that many friendships helps you, and this is my opinion, helps you understand the kind of friend you want in your life and the kind of friend you want to be. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, and what's important also, mm-hmm. I mean, think about like, and think about like, you know, the whole dating, like how many people did you date before you met Phil? You don't have to say, I mean, yeah, we're not going to talk mind. about that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, just, you know, I don't I mean, know. Just Le- think- I don't know. Leon, how many did you date before <laughs> you met Dan? Okay. Yeah, go on. I'm sorry. But, um, so it's kind of like, I, okay, well, I'll be very, you know, transparent here. When I, you know, I, Dan and I met, we dated, but then we went to two different colleges, two different cities. So I continued dating and I would, it was a checkoff list. Like, yeah, I like that. No, I don't like that. And I kept comparing them to Dan. Hence I married Dan, but 
so as friends, we know what we want in a friend. We hmm. know that we, and we also start becoming more attuned to who we are and what we like. And I think we're not as insecure as we, even though we have the triggers, I, I think when we find that person and it's the right fit, like, okay, they align with everything that I am. Even we might not have to agree with everything, but it's almost like, okay, if you, you know, believe in um, life contracts, you know, so we come here with a contract. It's kind of oh, like, don't get okay. me started. You know where I'll go okay. with that. So. I know, <laughs> but, but I totally believe like I have friends. I have no clue why they're my friend, not you, but I have no clue why they're my friend. Cause I have nothing in common with them. Yeah. But we connect and I know we're a deep friend. And, and that I have, so if you're not, if you're in tune to your true self, I think you will make the friend. If you are going with your ego, I don't think you're going to make that solid friend, mm-hmm. but you'll make acquaintances. <clears throat> I think, yeah, that's my theory on that. But um, yeah, and I, I guess that was my my cautionary tale is that, you know, um, to my daughter is that uh, acquaintances, acquaintances are great. You know, it is, it's fun to have a bunch of people to, you know, go out with and hang, especially when your 21st birthday is about to roll around. Um, <laughs> but you know, who are the people who are going to have your back and, 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 and oh God, I hope she's not listening, but um, because she has called people out for being cruddy friends. Like, she's like, I can't believe you're talking about this. You say this person is your friend. And you're talking like that about them behind their back. Like, so she is definitely in that time in her life where she is, you know, creating those check boxes of this is what I want in a friend. This is somebody who I feel safe with. This is somebody I can confide in. Um, yeah. 20s can be rocky. Oh, I, I would not want to go through my 20s again. Uh, no, no. And I had friends, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was a rough one. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the other things that came across the study that was, and I, I really can't go, can't, I, I didn't go deeper into the research, but I found this interesting and I know I'm not supposed to use that word. Okay. Interesting is a cop-out word. I say that all the time, but it's even in this quote, um, and that is, it talks about ambivalent friendship, ambivalent friendships. So if you don't really, if you're not best friends or you're not an acquaintance, and they're kind of just hanging out in your life. It says, uh, what was interesting was that any relationship that was categorized as ambivalent seemed to generate cardiovascular issues and other kinds of health problems. Because you were not producing <laughs> oxytocin. <laughs> <laughs> So ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And that's when I realized. <laughs> and that's when I realized segue. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, that uh, preview yeah. to um, Leon and I are going to um, here in the upcoming months, we're going to be hosting a regular show. Um, and it's, that's probably going to be the title of it. I hope that's when I realized, because that's when all the, that's when we make all the connections, right? When somebody says, and that's when I realized that's when the nugget of truth or juiciness, then you're like, you're kind of on the edge of your seat. Like, what'd you realize? You know? So what did you, yeah. um, That's the information. But yeah, I didn't put that together when we talked about that. Yeah. Oxytocin, man. It's the friend juice. The friend juice. (laughs) And we need it. We are wired to get it and we're wired to have it. We're supposed to have it. So it's the friends. If you're not giving childbirth, it has to be a friend. Well, yeah. And the other thing that you, uh, one of the other um, chimpanzee, uh, we're coming up on another break in a little bit, but one of the other chimpanzee uh, statistics or facts that you gave me, which I thought was really funny, is that um, like, it wasn't just friend to friend. So it was like, it. I, and you might've even mentioned this. So it wasn't like mate to mate. Right. So I said, I said, again, I guess that's a bad idea that I'm cutting my husband's hair. Then I shouldn't be grooming him that I should have, that you should fly in and give him. Uh, yeah. You know, no, no, no. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Way. There's something. Yeah. I mean, but think about that. Like think about the trust value. 
Yeah. Like you have with your friend. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I would trust you to cut his hair. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. That might end our friendship. Yes. No, I'm my very best friend. I don't know how much time we have. My very um, best friend. She's still my great friend. Um, We were roommates and in college, I didn't have money to cut my hair. So she cut my hair for me. Um, If she's listening. um, Yeah. Um, It almost ended our friendship. (laughs) I just, I went with it and I ended up getting the shortest haircut I had ever had, which turned out to be like my most favorite haircut. But um, yeah, I let her cut my hair. Well, that's, uh, would you ever let me cut your hair? Um, (laughs) No, I learned my lesson well. (laughs) All right. We're going to take another quick break. You're listening to the Dr. Pat show. We are talking about the science of friendship and we'll be right back. Creating and living the Octarine way, soul design for self-enlightenment and self-healing. Tune in to Transformation Talk Radio, the second and the fourth Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with me, Vivian Chauvet. As we transcend the third dimensional plane of reality, we move into higher realms of existence. Let us reclaim our sovereignty as divine essence of light and unite our voices to successfully manifest ascension on earth. For information on our services, Copper Art Store, and to connect with me, visit infinitehealingfromthestars.com. That is infinitehealingfromthestars.com. Tune in to Transformation Talk Radio with me, Vivian Chauvet. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to shift your current beliefs about death from debilitating pain and loss? Follow Angie Corbett Kuiper as she shares that through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind. Anything is possible, even in death. Tune in to Beyond Proof Radio with Angie, redefining death and loss every first Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit BeyondProof.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The power of inspiration and awakening radio with Juliet Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific. We'll take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. You know, marriage is not always easy, but skills that improve communication go a long way. Tune in to the Relationship Rehab Show, Recovering Happiness in Your Love with Nancy Landrum and Dr. Pat each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Nancy is an author and teacher empowering couples to create and sustain loving marriages. Learn to listen, speak, and handle conflict with respect so your love can flourish. To learn more about Nancy and her work, visit nancylandrum.com. Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles shares stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. Welcome back. You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. I'm Susan Dolce, and I am talking with my bestie, Leon Dyer about the science of friendship, because there is actually, I mean, I guess we all on some level know that there's, um, you know, research around friendship and, and health and well-being, mental health, physical health. Um, And one of the things we wanted to talk about uh, in regards to not just friendship, but family 
is uh, communal living, like in how our friends and our family impact, uh, gosh, our, our everything, our, our daily lives. Like when I grew up, so even though I grew up in a city, uh, I was, I, I can say in retrospect, I feel like I was really blessed to be able to kind of grow up in a communal sort of environment. My grandparents um, owned a, so it was a double wide lot, you know, city folk know what I'm talking about, which was kind of a rare thing to have. Um, and it was a very long, narrow lot. Um, so there was a bigger house in the front <clears throat> that had like three separate apartment dwellings. And then there was, um, I said, what did I call it? I said a back house. And you told me that's an outhouse. I was like, okay, no, no, yeah. it's a coach house. <laughs> well, that's what we call the outhouse was the back house. Back house. Cause I like, I grew up in the back house and Leon's like, what? Um, no, it was a coach house, um, smaller house in the back with just a few bedrooms. And, um, but so I grew up, uh, at, we lived there till like was, I was nine and my grandparents lived in, in the house. So they were always there at some point. Cousins were always coming in and out of living in those apartments. Um, and then when we moved, we, boy, we went far, we went five houses down <laughs> from, from where we were living. Um, so it wasn't, you know, but back then, one of the things we were talking about is how, um, uh, uh, how child rearing was so different back then too. But like, if I grew up right across the street from railroad tracks, so I got the railroad tracks in the front in the back house. <laughs> but if, if anybody got caught playing by those railroad tracks, you would get picked up by the scruff of the neck and carried home to your house, to your mom or whoever, grandma, whoever was there. And, um, and the parents were really grateful, you know, that, that you saved their child's behind from getting run over by a train. Um, and there, there wasn't any, um, uh, what's the word, not animosity. What's the word I want? Like everybody was like, thank you. And that's not like that anymore. That's a whole different tangent. I'm the one going off on a parenting tangent. But now it's like, you know, what business do you have, you know, mm. grabbing my child? I think and, oh. I want to do that. I want that to be one of our shows. Yeah. Is multi-generational living and how we've yeah. like stepped away from that yeah. as a society. So, yeah. So communal living, like all living together on the same property. Like, again, I, that might, you know might be one of the saving graces for your mom and dad is that they're not, they're not living alone. They're, right. Correct. They're not. Well, and I grew up, I grew up in the country, I'm the country mouse and I grew up on 500 acres, but um, I didn't have a little double lot. Um, we, but you we, had a massive, massive, <laughs> but that being said, everyone around us um, were, cousins and aunts and uncles we were all family and mm -hmm. everyone knew each other and yes it was like one large um like commune like we were talking um but my parents now live um with my brother and his and the, their children so it's three generations but there is still something about and that's like linking back to the beginning of the show when i when i was thinking about them and their friends while they still have that connection to family and they still have that connection to humans, they, they lost their connection to their friends. Mm -hmm. And, and that I, so while, while we were created to be a group, we were, we were like a group. We were, we had our tribe, we had our, our village. Um, and we had our mates and our children and all that and our family, we still had our friends. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, we lost that during COVID. Yeah. And, and all, I mean, so, even, even kids, even our children, our, you know, our daughters and my son and um, through COVID, we've lost mm -hmm. that. Well, yeah, um, my oldest daughter was living in Chicago <clears throat> and she, for, it was almost two years and she had, she has family, we have family there. So she had a support system, but she didn't really have any long-term friends there. Cause she was in eighth grade when we left and she had started making friends. She was, you know, um, taking like, yoga training and, but then lockdown happened and then she decided to come here 
and all of those friendships, you know, kind of dissolved. And now she's uh, happily back in, in Cincinnati where, you know, now she has a social structure and she was like, mm-hmm. she's, she texted me. She's like, I think I've been more social in the last month than I have like all of last year. Like she was yeah. just, and, it, and it, she's happy. Mm-hmm. She's happy. Well, and I think as like, I think we're beginning to see the end of COVID, the light, you know, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And there are many aspects of coming out of COVID that we're realizing. Uh-huh. And that connection to friends, that bond of friendship is huge, whether you're in school or all the way to um, in your elder years. And while we can say, oh, I miss it. And um, it's just a friend. It's just a friend. I can talk to them on the phone. They're now, there's actual, you know, like we can now see the science, the data. No, we, we need that bond. We are supposed to have that bond. We're built to create that connection with another human, not your mate that you live with and it's it's a plus yeah it's a plus with your friends with your plus yeah sure sure. that will be another show but um i mean it is you need that bestie that -hmm. will pick the bugs off you and you know groom (laughs) you and you know and tell you your your chin hair is a little too long and (laughs) i we need that and i so i think if anything from the the show today is just to acknowledge the friends that you do have, the friends that you are missing and maybe just make that connection with them because we need the oxytocin yeah. in our bodies. Don't, yeah, reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out and yeah. and uh, say, you you know, let's catch up. Yeah. yeah. So um, if you have any interest after this lively conversation of learning more about <laughs> Leon, you can go over to her website. It's leondyer.com. That's Dyer, D-Y-E-R. And you can find out more about her empowerment coaching. And if you enjoyed today's show, that's even better because as we mentioned a little bit ago, we are going to have a show on the network. Uh, Don't have a launch date, but stay tuned for that. We all have a story to tell. We had a great story today, didn't we? You can live in the story or you can transform the story. It's your choice. But when you change your story, you can change the world. Thanks for listening, everyone.